Good morning and welcome to Classroom 2.0 Live. And Kim, we are recording, so I'll turn it over to you. Great, thank you. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for joining us. Today we're going to be talking about blogging with students. And I want to go over a few things about using the Illuminate Room before we get into the show. Um, our show consists each week of a newbie question. And we tell you that in advance, so you can kind of be looking for that. Um, time for the topic, which today is going to be blogging with students. And then um, an opportunity to share some highlights of the week that you experienced um, in an open mic format. And then we'll tell you at the end of the show what's going to be the next topic coming up. Um, right now, if you look at this slide, some of the things that we're going to be doing in uh, using Illuminate is polling. Um, today we're not going to be using the polling features, but um, there may be opportunities where you would need to use the check uh, and the X and so those are going to be in the top menu bar as shown on the slide when we do polling. Um, there will be times when you may want to use uh, the emoticons to applaud or give feedback. And also the hand, if you'll click on the hand when, it's, when we give you the opportunity, you can do that and that raises your hand and lets us know that you're interested in taking the mic uh, to speak when we open up the forum. Um, if you wanted to type in the chat, um, this is where you would type your message and then press the send button. This is the audio button where you will use to um, click to talk. And then when you're finished, make sure you um, deactivate the option so that somebody else can take the mic because we uh, limit the, the amount of people that are talking at one time to prevent confusion. The next thing is we'd like to find out where you're from, a little bit about you. Um, if you haven't already um, put information about yourself in the chat, you can do that. But I'd also like you to find the laser pointer on the whiteboard. It's the one that's blue with the little star at the end. Welcome, Amy. And if you could click on your laser pointer, and then click for your location on the world map. And sometimes when you click, it doesn't quite um, leave the dot where you want it. So you may have to pull your little star sunshine over uh, to give us an idea of where you're from throughout the world. You can also type in a specific city or what the weather is. Um, um, hopefully some of you are thawing out up north because I know we're having really warm, warm weather. So we have a great representation and those around the world. Thank you for staying up or getting up early to join us today. Great. So now let's go ahead and move to our poll question. 
And our poll question today, last week we talked about using Google Forms. So I wanted to kind of follow up with that and our poll question is in today the form um, the format of a Google Form. So I'm going to put the URL into the chat here and then you can click on it and access our survey, our poll, our poll. There are three questions there. And we're going to be talking today about blogs in general. So if you could access that link, and I use moourl.com just because I thought it was a cute little one of the short name services. Um, so if you'll click on the link here in the chat, that's going to take you to the survey. And if you'll complete the survey, I'll give you just a few seconds to take it. The questions are, do you use a feed reader to read blogs? Do you have a classroom blog that you use with students? And do you have a personal blog that you write? Whether it's personal for personal or professional, do you write one personally? Then you'll notice when you submit, it will take you, um, there's a link that will take you to the responses. And so that's going to show our responses of the participants that have taken that poll. So if you'll click on that link, you can see kind of where everybody stands. So far we have 20 responses, excellent. And you're looking at the graph, shows 16 yeses and 4 noes so far on the feed reader, 5 have a classroom blog, 12 do not, and 3 others. And you have a personal blog, 14 of us have said yes and 4 said no. So those are some interesting percentages and split up. And if you're not able to um, access the survey um, and the results, I can show you afterwards how we went through that part. So now I'd like to um, head to the newbie question of for this week. And the question for this week is, what is a blog and how do I find good blogs to read? And Lorna, could you respond to and help us find the information to that question? Good morning, everybody. I just want to apologize for my voice right away, and I hope I don't come into a coughing spurt. But that's, thank you, George, gave me a virtual cold, and we're just going to have to hopefully be patient with what I sound like. Thank you very much for being here. And uh, Kim, I'm going to move right into what you said. Uh, what is a blog? And for anyone new, um, the term blog originates from the term weblog, which was simply a uh, journal of ideas. And today, this is exactly what a blog is. It's your opportunity to uh, record your ideas or opinions or give out um, pardon me, images and movies. Because at what one time, uh, websites were static in nature. You know, maybe you've been able to fill in a form and say, yes, I want more information or contact me. But you really didn't have a lot of opportunity to interact with the person who was doing the website. 
Now with the blog, you have that ability to uh, read and write uh, back and forth with the person who's uh, presenting the information. So that's your real big difference between a regular standalone website and a blog. But let's add some great features that blogs allow you to do. They allow readers to comment. And because you're commenting be, uh, between blogs, you're actually developing a, a community of readers and people sharing the same idea. And so from that, you start developing your own personal leaning networks. And the great thing about a blog is that everyone can be a blogger. It, it gives you a level playing ground so that no longer does one uh, person or company or in institution have control of information. Everyone has the opportunity with a blog to do that. And then, of course, we just talked about feed readers uh, last week, and we asked you again today. You can easily keep track of all that information by using your automatic updates via a, a feed reader. So that's pretty much what a blog is about. So how do we find good blogs? And I'm going to hopefully do this correctly because I want to take you to a link for blogger.com because <clears throat> this is a particular blog that you can use, but this is not where I want to be. So um, take me back to Google. And in your regular Google page, you can click on one of the links here and you're looking for blogs. Because Google has set up a, a complete blog search for you. So that if you're not necessarily looking for things that have to do with education, you could put in, you know, I want uh, recipes. And you'd get a whole list of all kinds of websites for recipes. That's one way that you can go after uh, getting good blogs to read. Now, the other link that we suggested you follow. I don't think I've ever used that search before. OK. <laughs> That's fun, then. Find so, blogs. Interesting. Yeah. So you can find blogs on any topic that you want. And uh, I mean, if we put in classroom, let's look at classroom. It's kind of interesting, because that's what we're pre pretty much going to be talking about. And right at the top, you'll see classroom 2.0. And then there's a variety of different um, blogs about classrooms, which is highly effective when you're looking for blogs about classrooms. And then they're actually listed as um, the latest one, just like in your blog when your comments are done uh, in reverse order. You'll find whoever made the last comment about uh, something in classroom will come to the top of the list. Now, as I said, I'm going to talk about a link that um, Steve helped me with. I just have to find my connection to that link. And everyone would be appreciative of the fact that we're new at some of this. And I've, I will find it in a second. Usually, I click on a blog roll on somebody's blog that I read and follow and find other blogs that way. Okay, So here we have it. Everybody see this, supportblogging.com? We're going to thank Steve again for his initiative, because he has a very extensive list of educators who've got blogs on education and blogging. You can scan down the, the list. I'm there blogging in the classroom. I know Kim's here as well, but the teacher, all kinds of people that you um, are very familiar with. And then at the side, there's, again, um, 
sub-list that will help you identify specific areas. But I want to stop here again and talk about David Warlock, who's a very uh, special person in, in my um, repertoire of people to read. He, he was given the Lifetime Achievement Award at Edublogs 2008. But if I click on David's um, blog here, Two Cents Worth, it will give you a sense of the dynamics that you get with the blog. And, and what he's quoting someone else, and you're able to read what he's talked about with somebody else and have this engaging conversation. What's particularly important about this uh, blog post that you might like to look at is the concept of what an educator is doing about how are you getting caught up in the use of technology or are you actually sharing information, the ideas for uh, pedagogy for teaching. So that's an interesting blog post that I thought you might enjoy reading. So the other way that you can think about finding um, good blog posts, and I'm going to shut that down now, is your own personal network. Because um, those of you who follow each other on Twitter, sorry, I just have to shut this window down. And I'm not quite sure how. <laughs> Close all my tabs. There we go. OK. The other great thing about finding blogs and places to go, because some of you may be using uh, Twitter. And um, most people who are on Twitter have a blog. And so when you're looking at the idea, you know, who is it that you're following in your network, you're going to find that you can build on those blogs to, to read. So I think we have a few minutes here, do we not, Kim? So if anybody in the chat room wants to take the microphone and maybe talk about what it was like for them setting up their blog or just getting started with blogs if they wanted to share anything, um, just uh, raise your hand and we'll give you the microphone and you can uh, um, Share what you think. We've got 27 people who are, I'm sure there's a brave soul in there. And I'm hoping everyone has access to knows where to take the mic. Raise your hand. There we go. Amy wants to talk. So I'm going to give Amy the microphone. And I'm going to shut myself down. Go ahead, Amy. In the bottom left-hand corner, Amy, you're going to see an, a microphone in your audio window. If you can click yep, on the microphone. Okay. Good. Do you have me now? Yes, sure do, do. Amy. Excellent. Okay. Um, yeah, I started blogging a few years ago just for fun and giggles um, at a MEC conference in Arizona many years ago. I guess four or five now. A young man was talking about blogs and sounded like Greek, and it took about a year for the idea to percolate in. But when I started blogging, I found that um, just sharing what we were doing in our school district was um, interesting to others, and I found that fun. I have not um, gotten students blogging yet. We've done some experiments, but the school districts that I'm, I've been at are a little challenged, so we're still working on those walls, but we're getting awfully close. But I just joined my 81-year-old mother to my primary blog um, because she's such a lifelong learner and I realized I've got somebody there who represents everything I think we are always trying to convince people to do. So she's now just tentatively starting to participate in my blog. So if my 81-year-old mother can do it, any old kiddo or other adult can uh, do it. Thank you, Amy. 
Mary Ellen? I have a question. Sorry, before can we go, go to Rich Brother, can I ask a question? Can I just ask a question, Kim? Am I still on sure. web tour? Sure. No, I, am I still there? That's what I want to make no. sure. Am I? Is everybody watching? No, okay. Thank you. Go ahead. Um, Mary Ellen. Hi, this is Mary Ellen. I'm in Montreal, Quebec, and um, I started a classroom blog last April, and I'm just thrilled with it. It's such a great way to share way to with share. the parents what we're doing in the classroom. And uh, I, it's just very exciting. I'm enjoying everything. I haven't started having the first graders blog yet, and that's my next step. And I'm so excited to hear from Kathy Cassidy, because I've seen her blog and have heard so much about her. And I'd like to do what she's doing. Yes, and she's doing some great work as well as uh, many, many bloggers. And there are many, many that um, we haven't necessarily come across yet that are going to be up and coming stars. Would anybody else like to share their comments or observations? OK, Kat, want to go ahead? Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, you sure can. Um, I came on late, and then I saw that when he went to do his blog search, for some reason it pulled up my blog on eBlogger, and it's called Knocking Down These Walls. And my purpose of it is just to discuss with other educators how they're using Web 2.0 tools in their classrooms and what are the problems and the successes. The number one problem I think I heard that somebody else mention, too, is that most of our districts with whom I'm familiar don't allow blogging by teachers or kids. Um, once again, the tail is wagging the dog. So I'm interested in ideas to try to help get our OIT guys to realize that blogs have an educational purpose. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And the blocking of the district, um, my last district that I was in, the last district that I was in, um, we also, teachers nor students, were really encouraged to blog. So I hope those are changing along the way. Um, Amy, let Cass uh, and Rob go ahead and then we'll move on. Yes, Cass, just I'm sorry, I'm trying to figure out. Uh, Rob, you want to go ahead and take the mic? Okay, can you hear me now? We sure can. Sorry, I sounded like we had about two or three people at the same time there. Um, I'm a primary teacher, grade two teacher in Swan River, uh, Manitoba, and I have been following Kathy quite a bit. And I think one of the concerns, you can probably hear my granddaughter yelling in the background, I think one of the concerns that I have when getting um, primary students blogging is the ease of actually you know, manipulating and um, doing work in their blog. I also have a, a classroom blog, which is basically a showcase and an information blog for the parents. But to get the uh, students to actually get in there and do some real good writing and, and blogging and commenting in that, um, I think ease for them is the key. And uh, I'm going to be asking Kathy a few questions later, hopefully. So I'll just leave it at that for now. 
Great. Thank you, Rob. Um, we are going to get into that with Kathy. And if um, at any time you'd like to put your blog that you write for your uh, classroom or yourself, you're welcome to put that in the chat. That the chat here, the chat here will be reading, and you can access the link now or later after the the um, this show today. And Kathy, let's go ahead and move on with Kathy. I'm sorry, with the blog post. Right. The weekly read of the week. So, Lorna, I'll pass it back to you. Okay, thank you. Now I have to be challenged. I'm going to do the best. web tour again and see how this goes. This should be taking you to Steve Dembo's blog post about uh, commenting on to others. Now Steve had an actually a very good event, 30 Days to Being a Better Blogger, in which he had each day um, people were tasked to join this uh, uh, gathering to do one more thing. In, in this particular blog post, he's talking about uh, commenting on to others and how important it is to um, actually make the comment, how good people uh, feel when uh, someone's left a comment, because many times you feel like you're, you're out in uh, internet space, the blogosphere, and no one's really, you know, reading you or paying attention to you, and so you can often get discouraged about uh, what you're doing and why you're doing it. So, um, Steve has some really good ideas about how to correct that and the fact that you have to go out and uh, comment in other people's blogs. So, what I'd like to do is open it up to anyone who wants to talk about their experience about commenting and what they do to uh, build that community of readers. So, if anybody wants to take the mic and uh, talk about this, it'd be great. I know that um, I read a post and I put the the, to post, the link to Vicki Davis's blog in our share links tab that we're going to show you in a bit. And she commented that that's the way to grow your blog and to learn more about different blogs and then have other topics to write about. And commenting is so crucial. So if you'd like to share, we welcome you to uh, type your comments in the chat or raise your hand and take the mic for a few minutes and, and let us know about how you use comments for yourself or with your students. Mary Ellen, you want to go ahead? Hi, again. Okay, so when someone comments on my blog uh, with EduBlogs, I have a, a way to email them back to thank them. So I always do that. And what's happening is I'm meeting other teachers all over the world and, and establishing, I guess, personal learning networks that way. and. Um, communicating and, and, and for my own blog I've learned and added things that I see on other people's blogs onto my blog. So um, I guess that's my comment. Thank you so much. That's an important point to respond back to anybody that comments um, via email. Usually I respond back by commenting, by sending another comment on that blog post to comment back to them and thank them for taking the time because you know they didn't necessarily have to stop and take the time to uh, share with you whatever their comment was. So that's a real, that's an important point. Thank you for sharing that, Mary. And that's how you're going to grow your network of contacts and learn about other blogs for you to learn about yourself as well. 
Lorna, did you want to continue um, talking more, do you have more to add about the blog post, the weekly read? No, I don't think we do because we had quite a bit of discussion in the lead into that. We just needed to make sure we covered any uh, information we had about the blog post. So I think we're all set to go ahead with Kathy. I know people are waiting to hear her uh, great ideas. Okay. Um, again, we're going to uh, put in the share tabs link that has um, the links that we're using during the show and that we refer to and some other follow-up reading that you wanna, may want to use that we may not be referring to in the show. So there's just a lot of good information there in the share tab. And so now let's go ahead and start with Kathy. And our topic is classroom blogging. And let me go ahead and pull up Kathy's blog. And welcome, Kathy. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. Um, they have asked me to just sort of start talking. And I hope that, that we'll get some time for some questions. But just to start talking about my journey and where, what's happening with my blog in my classroom. It would be great if you could put my blog up on the whiteboard. That would, that would be great because I want to refer to some things on it. My journey with blogging really started, um, actually it started about 10 years ago, I guess, when I started to uh, use um, a web page in my classroom. And I did that for quite a while, and, and I was happy with it. But I really wanted to be able to have something that was um, higher order thinking skills that my kids were doing, not just playing games. I had lots of links on my, um, on my, my web page, and there were good games that reinforced things that we were learning in our curriculum. But I wanted something more. And about the same time, we started writing a daily thing on our blog about sorry, not on our blog, it was on our web page at that time, about what we had done in our day. And I, I had a different student each day write about their day and, and put it up on the blog for the parents, I'm sorry, on the, on the web page for the children to read, the parents to read. So um, I was doing both of those things. And then I heard about this thing called a blog. And I emailed Dean Shiresky, who I'm fortunate enough to have as my, um, my digital learning consultant in my division, I emailed him and said, that "Do you wrong. think that this would do you think that this would work with grade one students?" And he emailed back and said, "Yes," and and came over and helped me set it up. And at the time, he suggested that I use Class Blogmeister, and I've been very happy with it. Um, David Warlick is very responsive to the needs of teachers to. Um, to changing things about the way the blog works and adding things, adding tools that, that teachers are interested in having. Um, he's also built a very secure environment where I as a teacher get to approve everything that goes on the blog. Nothing gets posted from a child or a comment without me seeing it first. And so I feel very comfortable with that for my, my first graders. Um, and so I just began my journey with that. I think it would be about four years ago now, because this is the fifth class that I've blogged with, and I started in this, um, about this time. So I've, I've blogged for, for four years. And I didn't start with everything that I have now. For the first six months, I did not add um, a picture to the blog. I didn't add any other kind of anything on it. It was just, it was quite boring, actually, when I look back now, because 
all I did was I wrote about what we had done that day and, and thought, wow, isn't this great? I'm blogging. And then gradually as time went on, I started adding more things and, and we got some blogging buddies in another place and that made it so much more exciting to have um, students in New Zealand that we were communicating with and, and um, that class has actually that teacher is now teaching an older class, so we, we aren't so closely linked with them, but, but we've um, gotten other classes. One is a class in Australia, and, and their teacher is actually in, in the chat. I see her there. And another one mm -hmm. in New Hampshire. So, um, so that has changed over time, and, and, and the way that I use the blog has changed over time. I use it more and more. Um, originally, it was just supposed to be, here's the, for the parents, what we're doing, but um, my readership has extended beyond parents now, and so I, I think that when we write things on the blog, we have those people in mind. I know certainly my students have um, other people in mind when they write, especially now that they have um, some new blogging buddies at the university, and I'll try to remember to talk about that in a minute. Um, I want to talk for a minute about security because this is that's always a huge issue. Absolutely. Our school Definitely. division has um, has a, something for the parents to sign. It goes home with all the students on the first day of school, and it's a permission form. And I think that Lorna has that link, and maybe she can pop it into the chat. And it's just a generic form that the that all these parents sign and, and it does say that that students' work may be posted online and um, their images may be posted online and if the parents don't want that then they shouldn't sign sign the form. I generally have about one student who doesn't just sign that form because I guess they're signing it along with everything else that gets signed after on the first day of school. There's all sorts of things that go home. <laughs> and mm -hmm. and so um, generally, there's only about one parent that that signs it. Sometimes all of the the parents just sign it, and it comes back. Um, and if parents don't don't sign that, then I always call them to say, I want to just explain what this meant. And it doesn't say this on the form, but our school board policy is that students' images can be posted, and students' first names can be posted, but the <coughs> excuse me, the two cannot be linked. So I never post a picture and say with the student's name underneath so that you might see a picture of a student and you might see their first name, but you wouldn't know who was who. That's our, our policy. And so I explain that and once the parents see the classroom blog and see what's going on, they very much want their children to be involved in that. And so I have never had a parent who didn't who refused to do that. I have other options in mind, such as the students blogging under a pseudonym and, and not including um, their child's picture, but I've never had a parent that, that refused that. In fact, I once had to ask, I once suggested to a parent since she was, she had signed the form, but they were actually hiding from someone and that's why they'd come to my school in the middle of the year and I had to suggest that perhaps it wouldn't be a good idea to post that child's image and she said, oh, okay, if I thought that was the thing to do and, and so um, I've had good luck that way with, with the parent uh, participation. Um, That's awesome. We've had some comments in the, the chat about YAKPAC and I see that on your homepage. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you use it with your students? Sure. Um, 
I have the yak pack on and I just have a note there that says if you're nearby, try it, try it and if we're there, we'll answer. Um, about, well, it sort of goes in, in spurts and starts, but once or twice a month, someone will call us and we'll be in the middle of something and so we'll just take a minute and we'll say, hi, who are you and where are you from? And, and they'll tell us and then we usually ask them something like, we usually ask them if they're from far away, how's the weather there? And tell them how the weather is in our classroom. And I try to ask a question about something that we're studying. For instance, if you call, if you um, came now, we might say, well, we're talking about things that we need and things that we want. Can you tell us what, what do you think things are that you need and what, what are some things that you want? What do you think is the difference between that? Because that's something we're studying. And, and so we get, we sort of put the people on the spot and ask for their opinion and get them to contribute to our learning. If I don't want people to call, then I just have to close my web page and I'll have it open on my, um, on my computer at my desk and, and then nobody can, can call into us. Um, so it, it's just been a tool that way. We have also used it to talk to Blogging Buddy classrooms in other places. And um, it just works like a walkie-talkie in that you push down when you're talking and lift up when you're not. So some people are not, are, are not comfortable with that. Um, I see that it says right now, you see the little number in the bottom right-hand corner of the number? That tells you how many people are right then looking at that blog. Now I'm not sure how it works in Illuminate, whether it counts, obviously it doesn't count all the people. But that means that there's 19 different computers right now that are looking at, at our, our blog. And when I put the classroom blog up on, on our smartboard at the front of the classroom, the kids love to say, that, say, oh look, there's six people who are looking at our blog. Uh, that's very encouraging for them. <laughs> so that's how I, I bet, use that. I that is awesome. That is so good. That is so interesting. And that's um, I thought point. Next, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. I was just going to, I wanted to make sure I talked about how I use the blog in the classroom now. I use it as a record of our learning. For example, the kids start blogging right after I've got those forms back. They start writing on their blog the first week of school. And of course, in grade one, that's not readable for most kids at that point. But they, they write as best they can, and then I put in brackets after they're writing what they tell me that they wanted that to say so that people can comment intelligently back to them and, and people understand what they're trying to say. We start that the first week and we do it all through the year and then whenever I think that the reader will be able to figure out from the child's invented spelling what they're saying, I stop putting that editor's note in or I might just put it after one word if I think that's an important word so that it's a record of the children's writing progress through the year. I also try to have them um, uh, record the things that they're learning in other subjects. So I might say to them, um, let's make a picture today that shows um, how, we, how addition works or something like that. And then they have to draw a picture and then I post it on their, their blog for them. I also try to put my, have my part of the blog to be a record of, of things that we're learning. I've started posting videos. Um, we, we put videos on that where they're showing things that they've learned in our, our classroom. Um, we, we talk, I talk about things that we're doing in our classroom I think that, that our readers might be interested in. Um, just yesterday, one of the things we're doing is 
practicing reading with fluency. And so I had each of the students record themselves reading a short passage and, and post it on their blog. And that's what the Vokuru thing is that's at the top presently. I also use it to... Kathy, can I stop, to Kathy? Can I stop you for a second? Sure. Because there's a couple of questions that people are asking you in the chat room. See if I can find them again. One of them was about logistics, about the number of computers you're using and how you're managing that. Okay, so where is she? Okay, I'll, I'll answer that one first. Um, so at my school we have a computer lab which has about um, 28 computers or something like that. So there's enough for all my students to have one. And once a week, we go in and, and we, are, we go there. Now, in grade one, in I would not suggest going into, the into a computer lab by yourself. I've been fortunate to be able to pull someone each year to be able to come in with me, especially at the beginning, whether it's a classroom assistant from someplace in the school or um, when I first started this, we sometimes got another teacher in there, but that no longer happens. Um, sometimes I get a parent that's willing to come in on the day that we have computers and come into the classroom with us just to help out with that. I am at this point in the, in the year, because my students have been doing it all along, I'm now able to run uh, the 20, uh, I think I have 23 students right now. I'm able to do that by myself in, in the computer room because it doesn't take so long for, I don't have to explain to kids how to log on and I don't have to write those explanatory notes for everybody so I can do it by myself. But um, that's how I do it at the beginning. At one point I had in my classroom five computers and so then whenever, the, I had to have the other kids working on something else if it was at the beginning of the year and the kids were blogging there because I need to be able to give those kids support. But, but if I start that the first week of school, by this point in the year, those kids are able to blog by themselves and, and then um, if, I, if it's not readable, then I can ask them about it later before I publish it. So um, normally, I would have the kids working at a, a computer center during guided reading by this point and then they would just be blogging and then at, at their center and, and then doing that totally independently. Unfortunately, those computers died. They were 10 years old and I had them taken out um, a few weeks ago. And so we don't have that option right now. I do have some laptops, uh, a laptop part that I have access to that I can pull those in. Um, I'm not currently doing that as a computer, as a center, but um, we do do that, bring them in and, and 10 kids can work on them at a time and while the other kids are working on something else. So. Okay, the other question was about when you talked about making the math lesson or writing down what you did in math or the pictures. How are you mm -hmm. handling that? Are you scanning pictures? Are they doing it on the computer? What's happening there? Okay, good question. I should have explained that better. We have in our computer lab, we have had, have had a program called KidPix that is a drawing program and there's also lots of other features to it. And if you choose the option in that in KidPix to export, it saves them as a JPEG. And then I can upload those to Flickr and then I need to copy and paste those pictures into the student's blog entry. So that is time consuming. It takes about an hour for me to upload all those pictures and copy and paste that into a, a thing. So I don't do that all the time because that does take time. But that's, that's a tool that I have used. 
there are also other online things that I've tried. Nothing that I've been as happy with as as I have been with KidPix um, for doing that. Okay, if there's no other questions, I thought and I one other thing I wanted. Sorry. Go ahead. Go right ahead. Okay, I was also going to talk about the partnership that I have right now with um, with the university. There, Patrick Lewis is a professor at the University of Regina who teaches a class to the elementary teachers-to-be about how to teach writing to primary students. And he and I have had a partnership, now this is our third um, class that we're doing it with, where he assigns each of his students to one of my students. And that student in his class is responsible to read and comment on each blog entry that my students write. Um, it's part of their mark, how they do that. They are given, I give them a copy of the rubric that I use at the end of the year to assess the student's writing. And they are supposed to get to know that student and encourage that student in their writing, whether it be in, um, in the punctuation or capital letters or spelling or which are the things that actually that they like to they like to comment on the best, but they also some of them are comment on things like ideas for writing and 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 voice and extending the student's writing, encouraging them to write more details, things like like that. So that's been a wonderful partnership for us. My kids love their blogging buddies at the university. We also hold um, chats um, during the week via Skype. We have two times a week for about 20 minutes that, that my kids take turns going and talking to their buddies. And we get through about oh, five or six kids um, a, a time. So they don't get to talk every week, but maybe after two weeks we have gone through everybody would get a chance to talk to their blogging buddy. And they have pictures of their blogging buddies that they keep in their desk. And they love those blogging buddies. They often post their their articles on their blog as if they're writing to their blogging buddies and they'll say, how old are you and, and when is your birthday, things like that. <laughs> That's so cute and that is so important, expressing that communication aspect. Kathy, was that the same individual you did your presentation for K-12 online? Yes, it is, and that would be great if okay. you could post that link in. Yes. That, um, Patrick and I did a presentation for the K-12 online conference um, last November, and um, it's posted, and so you can just go to it anytime if you want to see. We did a research project research to see if they could actually help to improve students' writing, and so, um, so that's what we talked about in the, in the conference. That's wonderful. And we've seen um, some in the chat about the different platforms that people use. You said that you use Class Blogmeister. Um, is there a reason that you chose that platform versus the others? I honestly didn't do a lot of investigating ahead of time. Um, I just called Dean in and he came in to help me set up a blog and said, well, you could try this one or you could try this one. And Class Blogmeister, he already had um, um, a code for a school. And so I just set it up there. And I've just been very happy with it and have never been tempted to, to leave. I have seen some very good blogs done on other platforms. I think it kind of is whatever you start with, you, you feel comfortable with and like, and you have an audience that comes there, so you don't want to change it. 
that's an important part. Um, whatever you feel comfortable with and exploring other blogs to see what kind of features and widgets that you can add that works with your setup and so forth. And you mentioned a little bit about parents. Have you had any negative parental um, issues or concerns regarding the students posting? Um, I haven't had anything directly about that. Um, in fact, the parents don't actually say a lot to me about the blog. I have a couple parents that helped me this year in the classroom um, when we in, in the, the lab when we go, and they have both commented about that they really like the blog and and stuff. But I really don't get a lot of feedback from parents about the blog. They, I think they just think this is something that just is what we do. Um, I do, did post on my professional blog about a research study that um, Eddie Rosen, who lives in Israel, did with my parents last spring to see, um, she asked the, the parents to fill out a form about what their response was to the blog, and it was extremely positive. Lorna, I think, do you have that one? Just, I think I can actually pop that in. Okay, I'm um, just about there for you, Kathy. Okay, good. Then I won't take time to do that. Um, the parents were very positive in their reaction to to what we were doing and, and it helped them to feel more a part of things in the classroom and to feel like they knew what was going on in their in their, their students' classroom. Um, so they've all been very positive. I, um, I did have one negative comment and it wasn't to me, it was more to the principal and um, I, but I don't think that was necessarily about the blog. I think that that was another issue that she was, that parent was upset about, and then and so that she brought that up. And although I'm just guessing, um, and it, but it was never directed directly to me. So. Well, that's that's good. Um, so parents are reading it and they're involved. Has it carried over into more parental involvement and other activities in your classroom? That's really hard to say. I, I don't know how to compare it um, to other schools, and I don't know how to compare it to, you know, what was happening on our web page before. So, you know, the parents that have talked to me have said that they like it and that they feel more involved. Um, but, but I don't really have any good data to, to tell you about that. Okay. When you first started blogging, what was your initial goal? What what did you foresee happening way back when? Um, I I had two things that I wanted. I wanted a platform that I could share what was going on so that the parents could see and be involved in it in it. And I wanted something for the students I wanted the students to be writing on I didn't necessarily think of online, but I wanted some kind of a I don't know what I had in mind, but some kind of a template that they could write on and that, that other people could see their writing. I, I, I didn't really know what I was looking for and, and I, then I discovered, oh, it was a blog. That's exactly what I had in mind and I didn't know anything about blogs at the time. So it sort of was a marriage of those two ideas. That's, that's very interesting. Did you um, have a difficulty or did it take a lot of time for you to set up your blog with your students initially? Um, I wouldn't say it took a lot of time. It, it did take some time to, because when you 
learn any new tool, it takes some time to figure out where the things are that, that you want to go to. And so it did take some time initially to, to do that. When you teach, anything takes time. Anything that you do in your classroom is going to take time to set up. And so you just have to decide, is this something that you think is worthwhile putting your time into or not? You, and as teachers, we're constantly doing that, trying to decide what, what's, what's valuable here, what do we want to, to put our time into. And so yes, it does. And does it take time now? Yes, I have to approve the, what the kids do, and I have to take time to write the, the posts. but. I think it's worthwhile, and so I choose to put time into this as opposed to putting it into something else that I could be in my classroom, I guess. I see. That makes perfect sense. Um, it's what you said is your priority. Um, right now, we'd like to uh, open up the mic to anybody who has questions for Kathy or want to make comments. Also, um, if you'd like to share some good news on celebration or success that you've had this week um, in your classroom, we invite you to do that as well. You'll raise your hand, then we'll give you the more. You can put it in the chat window here in this session. Anybody? No? Okay, Neil, let me go ahead and give you the mic. Go ahead, Neil. You have the mic now. Sure. This isn't uh, directly related, related to blogging. Is that what you're looking for? Things in the classroom? Yes. Just great news that you want to share with us. Does it have to be related to blogging? No, it sure does not. Because uh, this week I was I taught a few lessons with another school that I'm collaborating with and within their district. Um, and this week I was using Skype to teach some lessons to their class. So that was the first time I've done that. I've, I've contacted experts before, uh, but this is the first time I've actually taught lessons through Skype and I've uploaded some videos onto VoiceThread. So it was kind of a neat experience of um, kind of walking another group of grade 7 kids uh, for about 45 minutes introducing them to some content and, and using VoiceThread to stream some videos into their classroom. Excellent. Those meaningful examples and relevant activities really cement that core learning. Can I ask Neil a question? Please? Great. Neil, can you somewhere write down sort of the technical thing you did to do that? You got on a Skype call and did you have everybody on a website and a whiteboard? How did you, I don't know if you want to take the time right now to explain that or at least find us a way that you could post us that information? Yeah, sure. I mean, the, the teacher and I, uh, who I was doing with, we use Skype all the time. And so to talk to each other and plan, uh, we're, we're sort of walking through our whole year together uh, and collaboratively working on an entire the grade 7 curriculum that we both teach is Canadian history, and so we're working through a, a year-long project together. Uh, and so we Skype together all the time to plan. And so it was really easy for him just to, uh, for us to log in on Skype and for him just to broadcast me through his projector. Uh, and then I was, and then, as I said, there was a couple of videos that I wanted his kids to see. And so we've been using voice VoiceThread a lot to have our kids between our two classes upload their own content and get feedback and uh, edit each other's work from across schools. 
So we've been using VoiceThread a lot to do that. And so it was really easy to upload some videos in there and then have him show the videos to his class um, and then me talk about it and him talk about it. So it's kind of this team teaching approach through Skype and VoiceThread uh, all at the same time. Great. That's wonderful. I think it's a fantastic idea. We have Cass yeah, waiting to... We have Cass waiting to talk. I wonder if Neil can give, yes, thank you, and then give uh, Cass has the microphone and go ahead. Good morning, Cassie. About um, Vokaroo or Vokaroo, however you pronounce it, if you could tell a little bit more about that. Okay, sure. Um, sure. I, I only just discovered it in the last week, and I just I ha so I can, I'm not really an authority on it, but um, it, it's just a free internet tool that allows you to record your voice. It, it does say in their frequently asked questions that you can record as long as you want. I sort of discovered that it it doesn't really let you record for that long, and we were able to get about 15 seconds only of so only. So you just um, record, and and then. Uh, it lets you listen to it. Then it gives you HTML that you can put into an article, or it gives you a URL if you want to link to it. Um, it seems like a really cool little tool, so we just tried it out for the first time. Thank you, Kat. Uh, um, measuring your fluency. I didn't catch that question, Cass. Um, if you want to put it in the chat, we can address about the fluency. Also, um, they have a question, Kathy, about what kind of microphone you use. Well, for part of it, I, I was using this Mac, and so the Mac was just it was the mic was just built in, and then all of a sudden it stopped working, and so I went over to um, the PC computer that I have in my uh, classroom, and I just have a it's just a fifteen dollar microphone that is attached to the computer, and, the, and we finished off with that, and it, the quality wasn't quite as good, but it, it still was certainly hearable for those kids. Okay, good point. Because I know sometimes the external mics pick up um, the sound much better and a little more maneuverable when you're trying to work with more than one student. So those have been great, great highlights um, and things that you've done in your classroom. We thank Neil um, and Cass for sharing and asking questions as well as everybody else that has asked this question. Um, we want to thank everybody that attended today. We are very appreciative of your time and your support. Next week, we are going to be um, talking about tags. What is a tag and how are they used? We're not talking about graffiti spray painting on the wall. And we're going to be talking about what can you do with those tags and using them and saving links in Digo. And if you're not familiar with Eagle, this would be a great opportunity for you to um, learn a new tool to use with your students in the classroom and for you professionally. So it's going to be a great week and great topic next week. Um, 
we're going to post in here the link to the survey. Uh, and we appreciate any feedback that you can give us regarding today's session. And again, the first uh, line that says about the speaker, you can just leave that one blank and fill out the rest of the information on today's uh, session. That's the link to the survey. You can do that now or you can um, do it at a later time when you're listening to the, the recording. And we want to give a special thanks to Kathy Cassidy today. We really appreciate her sharing her time with us. And Steve for allowing um, us to use the Illuminate Room and heading all of this up. He's the founder of Classroom 2.0 and FutureofEducation.com. Thank you, everybody, who participated. And we also want to thank Illuminate for providing this great forum for us to use and share each week. So thank you, everybody. And we will see you next Saturday at the same time.